Um, and for all the things that the Pharisees and the disciples don't grasp in this gospel, mm-hmm. it appears the Pharisees have least grasped that, mm-hmm. that he's either evil or, or the Messiah. Right. Welcome back to the Bible Study Discussion Podcast. Thanks so much for joining us as we read through and discuss the book of Matthew. I am Wayne Charles Rosinski, and I'm here with... Just Josh. Just Josh. He's got a middle name and a last name, too, but you don't get to know it. <laughs> His last name is Drope, we'll tell you That's that. True. Like, you can find that on the church website. Well, my middle name's Michael. It's just okay. not that impressive. Well, Wayne Charles, Charles Rosinski. That sounds very royal okay. or yeah, something. I'm, I'm very fancy. Very fancy I'm guy. not very fancy at all. Get you up. We are, we are in Matthew chapter 12 today, following chapter 11, and next in 13, at least if things go according to plan. If the Lord tarries, as they if say. If the Lord tarries. Uh, Josh, would you pray for us as I we begin? I'd love to. Father God, thank you for your word, for your presence with us, for the things that you are teaching us, not only through scripture, but in our lives, through the community around us. Uh, Thank you for this opportunity to uh, broadcast your truth uh, into the world. Um, Thank you for the ways that it shapes us, uh, guides us, um, and and forms us, uh, ideally, to be more like you. Would you form our hearts and minds in this time together? In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Now we'll get started in chapter 12. At that time, Jesus passed through the grain fields on the Sabbath. His disciples were hungry and began to pick and eat some heads of grain. When the Pharisees saw this, they said to him, See, your disciples are doing what is not lawful to do on the Sabbath. He said to them, Haven't you read what David did when he and those who were with him were hungry? How he entered the house of God and they ate the bread of the presence, which is not lawful for him or for those who were with him to eat, but only for the priests? Or haven't you read in the law that on the Sabbath days the priests in the temple violate the Sabbath and are innocent? I tell you that something greater than the temple is here. If you had known what this means, I desire mercy and not sacrifice, you would not have condemned the innocent, for the Son of Man is Lord of the Sabbath. Moving on from there, he entered their synagogue. There he saw a man who had a shriveled hand, and in order to accuse him, they asked him, Is it lawful to heal on the Sabbath? He replied to them, Who among you, if he had a sheep that fell into a pit on the Sabbath, wouldn't take hold of it and lift it out? A person is worth far more than a sheep. So it is lawful to do what is good on the Sabbath. Then he told the man, Stretch out your hand. So he stretched it out, and it was restored, as good as the other. But the Pharisees went out and plotted against him how they might kill him. Well, that feels like an extreme reaction. It does. It does. Uh, so Sabbath is one of the Ten Commandments, but it is actually, by this point in their culture, uh, it seems to be more than that, Hmm. that it is a separator between them and the rest of the world, that this is the most clear distinctive externally between the uh, Jewish society and the Roman society, Mm -hmm. that they have this day, and they've had it for a very long time, been uh, following this practice for hundreds and hundreds of years. And so for Jesus to disrupt this is not just messing with a rule, it is messing with an identity. And when Jesus Mm. begins to mess with our identity, we do get a little bit uh, pushy about that, although Mm -hmm. hopefully not quite as much as plotting to kill. Right. And I, um, commentaries that I read were sure to point out that, uh, in Deuteronomy, uh, it, it provides for grabbing grain from somebody else's field as you pass through. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
Which I feel like is weird because this feels fairly clearly about the Sabbath mm-hmm. and not accusing the disciples of stealing grain mm-hmm. um, from these people. But all the commentators wanted to make sure that mm-hmm. there is a verse in Deuteronomy that says, okay, to grab some it's grain okay as you walk yep. through the field. Like that's, yep. that's not the issue at all. The issue yep. is uh, the day of the week. And then Jesus mm-hmm. gives those examples uh, of David and his men, um, which... Mm-hmm. Uh, if they don't believe that Jesus is who he says he is, feels like a weird example to use. Sure. David, uh, d- yeah, they, David, they were okay David, with David have being an exception. Right. Yeah. Because David's kind of a big deal. Yeah. Uh, you know, if you had your, your King David rookie card, uh, that was like, that was, that was one to hold on to. Yeah. Um, Good call. So that's, but then, then again to the, to the uh, priests on the Sabbath, uh, doing, doing the work that they're supposed to do on the Sabbath. Uh, that comparison feels maybe like it has more weight because even if you don't believe that he is who he says he is, right? Like there are some people who do some work on the Sabbath that you are okay with, right? To some degree. So it's interesting to read in uh, one commentary uh, in verse eleven. Uh, if you had a sheep that fell into the well on the Sabbath, wouldn't you work to pull it out? There actually was a law on the Jewish books. Mm-hmm. Uh, that we we have we we've we have seen it um, uh, from an extra biblical source that said specifically if your sheep or livestock fall in a well on the Sabbath you cannot get them out uh, so they then made sub rules because they couldn't break that one so they right. make sub rules like well you can feed it. Uh, you can dump things down into the well so that it might be able to climb out, but you cannot actually rescue it. Hmm. So Jesus uh, may be uh, attacking the ridiculousness of all of that. Right. Um, guys, this doesn't make any sense. You're trying so hard to follow the rules. You're making up rules to allow you to break the rule, but still say you're following the rule. Mm-hmm. Uh, he may also, like, as I read this, just my first reaction is uh, knowing that that law is there is to think that he's looking at these Pharisees going, yeah, but you break that rule because, uh, because that's a valuable commodity Hmm. to anyone who has livestock, a sheep, like that. That matters to them. That's a lot of money down the drain if that, down the well, I guess, right. uh, if that sheep dies. Mm. So, uh, so of course they go and get it out. And, uh, and so it's not clear exactly what Jesus is accusing them of or, or um, but, but as you said, that, that comparison of like, come on guys, we, we do things, we do uh, stuff. Um, wh- why are you? Wh- isn't this human being in need of healing so much more important uh, than uh, than a sheep? And the truth is that probably to the owner of that sheep, the answer is no. Mm-hmm. Like that sheep is very important to me and my livelihood. That guy is a guy, right? Um, and and Jesus is uh, calling them out on that attitude and. Um, and, and it seems to me, and maybe this is just my, I want to recognize that this may be my American modern lens on it. 
or on many people who've commented on it, it, it sure seems like he is pointing out the hypocrisy and the ridiculousness of that, how much we will right. bend the rules so that we can uh, follow them. Uh, not that we would ever do that kind of thing today, uh, no. but no, oh, yeah. uh, but that, that we could, um, we could shift things in such a way that it makes us look good. Hmm. Um, when, and, and Jesus starts going after, it just feels like he starts going after their hearts. Right. Like, this isn't actually about a rule guys. This is about you trying to be more impressive than other people. Yeah. And it's, uh, I think anytime I talk about Sabbath, it's a struggle because I think, most uh, streams of Christianity in the West uh, very much undervalue mm. the practice. Um, so I guess this is in the Ten Commandments. It's also in Genesis chapter 2 mm-hmm. that we see God do this. Yeah. So it's not like, yes. oh, that was a rule for them type of right. thing. It's like, right. this is what God did mm-hmm. at the very beginning. Mm-hmm. Um, Before there were and, any other rules. And Jesus speaks highly of, so like, I don't... Sabbath well, always. I don't sure. Sabbath strictly, sure for sure. But to read some of the commentaries that talked about different sects in Judaism that that wouldn't pray for healing mm-hmm. on the Sabbath, or that like you 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 didn't get medical attention unless it was life threatening. It's mm-hmm. so like this guy's hand has probably been like this for quite a while, yeah. like. You know what? It's been like that for years. It'll be like that tomorrow. Come back tomorrow mm-hmm. and heal him. And I'm just like, but, but if Jesus can heal him today, right, it seems better. Like, and that is doing good. Yeah. Then that, yeah. to to me and my uh, way less strict looking at Sabbath, mm-hmm. seems like yeah. If, of course, if you have the opportunity, you do the good. Mm-hmm. Um, but just to read about. Some out of just their following rules, and some probably out of really thinking that this was like like we don't take the Sabbath seriously enough. Sure. So so some of those uh, streams of Judaism um, were really just doing their best to yeah follow what they felt Scripture had laid out for them. Right. Right. The um, the, the rules there are in, uh, in in place to hold people to honoring mm-hmm. these uh, this design of gods that they Sabbath and rest. And, and you can understand based on our human desire to push boundaries and to kind of work our way around things that they would say, no, no, this one's really important. We're really going to hold into it. Mm -hmm. Uh, in so doing, they ended up just piling on rules that helped them work their way around it. And, um, it's the same result in the end. Yep. And then that, uh, that I desire mercy and not sacrifice. Uh, another quote from the Old Testament that he brings there that, that yeah, God is more concerned about your heart mm-hmm. than, than your outward appearance of, of doing the right things in front of the people. Mm-hmm. Yes. And, uh, uh, yeah, to, to insult the uh, uh, Pharisees to say, oh, you don't understand this scripture. It'd be... Uh, th- their value in society mm-hmm. was from understanding the scripture and being right. able to teach others. So that's that's a tough one. And then uh, the following verse, verse eight: For the Son of Man is Lord even over the Sabbath, which just I mean he's he's making a messianic claim there, mm-hmm. uh, but uh, to insinuate that somebody could be Lord over everything else 
and not the seven. Like, it's just a funny statement. Right. It's a ridiculous, like, uh, if you're if God is Lord, if Jesus is Lord, he's Lord over all of it, right. not six days a week. Right. And that, yeah, that line for me is one that I think um, I can read right through without slowing down to one of the commentators pointing out that, like, this is just one of those cases when we look at uh, Jesus' deity. Mm-hmm. I don't go to Matthew twelve eight. No, I could. Sure, sure. because it's there. Jesus is claiming to be God. Yeah. Yes, <laughs> like, yes. This is yeah. what he's doing here. Yeah, I just read it in a paragraph and right. keep reading. Oh yeah, yeah. It's like, oh, just that, part of the fight. That yeah. is that is Jesus yes. as the Son of Man, one of his favorite types. Just mm-hmm. claiming to be God because we know that God is Lord over right. everything in the Sabbath. And right. which again, I mean, going back then to the Pharisees' reaction to all of this, um, they're not just plotting to kill him because. Uh, uh, because he did a nice thing for a guy and healed right. his hand. They're plotting to kill him because he is claiming to be God, um, which if anybody claims that falsely and then is leading a whole lot of people to follow them, right. Right, we would also be very concerned about that. Mm-hmm. That would be a problem. And, and then on top of that, he is disrupting their specialness, their identity as a culture. Right. What makes them in their minds uniquely blessed by God is that they follow these rules. And right. this, uh, in the same way that modern American Christianity has elevated sexual rules above everything else, right. they elevated Sabbath rules above everything else. And this is what sets us apart and makes us different and where we find our identity. And so Jesus is going to not only lead people astray, he's going to harm their culture, specialness, and their ability to be blessed by God. Mm-hmm. He needs to be dealt with. Right. Um, still a little extreme, in my opinion. I think but, so. Yeah. Uh, it continues in verse 15. But Jesus knew what they were planning, his death. So he left that area, and many people followed him. He healed all the sick among them, but he warned them not to reveal who he was. This fulfilled the prophecy of Isaiah concerning him. Look at my servant, whom I have chosen. He is my beloved who pleases me. I will put my spirit upon him, and he will proclaim justice to the nations. He will not fight or shout or raise his voice in public, He will not crush the weakest reed or put out a flickering candle. Finally, he will cause justice to be victorious, and his name will be the hope of all the world. Hmm. I think one thing, just just those two lines about not uh, breaking a bruised reed or putting out a smoldering wick. Um, I think one thing I see is just that, um, like, Jesus will not turn away those who are clinging to hope. Mm-hmm. Like, it doesn't have to be a lot of hope. Yeah. It doesn't have to be like, we 100% believe, know what you're doing mm-hmm. all in, but like that, that, that bit of hope that's there that might be growing in people, that is, it's enough. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. He's not gonna shut it down. Uh, he is to pick up a theme from the end of 11 and other places in Matthew, he is uh, gentle. Mm-hmm. Um, he's not crushing the reeds and putting out the candles with his fury and fervor. Um, he will cause justice to be victorious. Matthew in a number of different places in his gospel seems to pull on that tension between meekness and victory. Right. 
And, and this is another one where he's going, look, it, it doesn't have to look domineering. It doesn't have to look violent. Mm-hmm. Um, in fact, Jesus is calling for victory and justice to be done uh, differently than that. Right. Uh, so he will not fight or shout or raise his voice in public. Seems to be uh, in reference to uh, verse 16 that he warned them not to reveal who he was. He was mm-hmm. not making huge pronouncements. Um, I mean, he is saying things like we were just talking about son of man is Lord. He's claiming to be God. He's making these pronouncements, but he's not trying to dominate the airwaves. He's not trying to uh, have a shouting match Mm -hmm. with people. Uh, In fact, uh, by my reading, we don't all of the antagonism between him and the, the Pharisees, is initiated by the Pharisees mm-hmm. all the way up until chapter 21 when he starts tossing tables right. um, uh, and starts pushing them toward his, to, to, to kill him. Uh, here, he knew what they were planning, so mm-hmm. he left. He backed down, walked away, begins healing people, says, don't make a big fuss about this. Mm-hmm. Uh, trying to come in understated, uh, not raising his voice or calling attention to himself. Um, and and yet he, in the end, doesn't need to call attention to himself for his name uh, to be the hope of all the world eventually mm-hmm. um, when he has caused justice to be victorious, not through vengeance and violence, but through the cross. Um, his name becomes the hope of the world. That's a... Mm-hmm. Uh, a provocative statement that Matthew just kind of drops in the middle of the gospel here. Yeah. Okay. yeah. It wasn't, he wasn't, he wasn't there to start the revolution that they were looking for. Mm-hmm. He didn't, he didn't need, he didn't need the crowds to push him into power or ruling. Um, there was the times where that tried to happen and he slipped through. He was like, nope, mm-hmm. nope, not. Yeah, he resisted. That's yeah. actually not how we're doing this. Yeah. Over and over. Yeah. And for Matthew, just to review who Matthew is, being a tax collector, having worked with the Roman government, mm. that would be stark contrast right. to the power grabbing that he has seen over and over and over again and maybe even participated in. Mm-hmm. It's a different way of doing life. True different that. kingdom. Yeah. Uh, picking up in verse 22. Then a demon-possessed man who was blind and unable to speak was brought to him. He healed him so that the man could both speak and see. All the crowds were astounded and said, Could this be the son of David? When the Pharisees heard this, they said, This man drives out demons only by Beelzebul, the ruler of the demons. Knowing their thoughts, he told them every kingdom divided against itself is headed for destruction, and no city or house divided against itself will stand. If Satan drives out Satan, he is divided against himself. How then will his kingdom stand? And if I drive out demons by Beelzebul, by whom do your sons drive them out? For this reason, they will be your judges. If I drive out demons by the Spirit of God, then the kingdom of God has come upon you. How can someone enter a strong man's house and steal his possessions unless he first ties up the strong man? Then he can plunder his house. Anyone who is not with me is against me, and anyone who does not gather with me scatters. Therefore, I tell you, People will be forgiven every sin and blasphemy, but the blasphemy 
against the Spirit will not be forgiven. Whoever speaks a word against the Son of Man, it will be forgiven. But whoever speaks against the Holy Spirit, it will not be forgiven him either in this age or in the age to come. Either make the tree good, and its fruit will be good, or make the tree bad, and its fruit will be bad. For a tree is known by its fruit. Brood of vipers, how can you speak good things when you are evil? For the mouth speaks from the overflow of the heart. A good person produces good things from his storeroom of good, and an evil person produces evil things from his storeroom of evil. I tell you that on the day of judgment, people will have to account for every careless word they speak. For by your words you will be acquitted, and by your words you will be condemned. Mm. A lot here, and especially if we go back all the way up to verse 8, Son of Man is Lord even over the Sabbath. That's mm-hmm. who Jesus says he is. Mm-hmm. Uh, Matthew lists for us who Isaiah said the Messiah would be, Matthew's understanding of who Jesus is. And then we get the Pharisees who just cannot accept, kind of like we were talking about in chapter 11 with these different towns who just couldn't accept Jesus, John the Baptist, who these people say they are. Right. and. And so the, the Pharisees have stopped trying to deny that he's powerful and doing incredible things. They just start saying, oh, well, it must be Satan. Mm-hmm. Because the options are, at this point, that Jesus is who he says he is, right. or he's empowered by Satan. They, we are down to these two choices. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and the Pharisees are so opposed to the idea that is right in front of them that Jesus is God, that he is who he says he is, that he is empowered by heaven, um, that they they have to go the other way um, because otherwise their worldview, their sense of self, their sense of power, right. all of that disappears and they just can't bring themselves to, to do that. And so they make what Jesus points out is a ridiculous declaration. Mm-hmm. And even the verse 23 says all the crowds were standing. They could, so even the crowds were like, right, this is, is, this, is this the Messiah? Is this, yeah. is this who we're looking for? And, and yeah, this... Uh, this house divided that like Satan can't work against Satan and get stronger, mm-hmm. like that. It just mathematically doesn't work. <laughs> yeah, this is one of those uh, verses that I think has made its way into our culture. Right, one of those things people say and well, don't realize it, they're quoting a Bible verse. Abraham Lincoln said it, right? Uh, probably. He said it. In Mark the Lego Twain. Movie. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, that that, <laughs> that and then the. Um, Anyone who's not with me is against me. Feels like a very strong statement. Yeah. Um, and Exclusionary. really, I think um, a commentator talked about it. It's, it's really it's, it's saying that you you can't be neutral. And he has got to that point. You can't be like, well, maybe right. maybe Jesus is okay. Yeah. Like he he is either God, mm-hmm. or you have to decide that he is empowered by Satan. Yeah. Um, there's yeah. not. Uh, I think you know in. In uh, our United States, we have a lot of cultural Christianity, mm-hmm. or have in the past had a lot of cultural mm-hmm. Christianity, where you could go to church most Sundays and call yourself a Christian, but not really live for God. Sure. And and I think this is just calling out like you you actually have to either yeah. kind of be all in on this or not be in this. Mm-hmm. It, it doesn't work to be. Uh, you, you know, my parents were Christians, so I'm a Christian. Right. Right. I guess you that's, would be a Christian. You would be a Christian without the yeah, S. That's, that's my whoops. But I don't know what you mean. Uh, it is the uh, famous C.S. Lewis uh, idea that he is mm-hmm. liar, lunatic, or Lord. He's right. either 
he's either evil, crazy, or he, he is who he, he says he is. And um, and for all the things that the Pharisees and the disciples don't grasp in this gospel, mm-hmm. it appears the Pharisees have at least grasped that, mm-hmm. that he's either evil or or the Messiah. Right. And so they have to go with evil because they just can't come to the Messiah point. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, and they, they're... They're wrong about that. They missed. And, and then we get to the uh, that that verse about the unforgivable sin. Mm-hmm. I just it uh, I meant to look up exactly where in in I believe it's First John mm-hmm. uh, he also references the uh, unforgivable sin, uh, this blaspheming of Holy Spirit, and mm-hmm. and in in John in First John it is stated something like, well, we all know this unforgivable sin. Uh, well, you, you know, you, you know, you know, and, and we read that and go, well, that is out of context and weird. And I don't, I know, John, I don't understand what you're talking about. Help me, help, uh, you, help me, help but me, help me. this helps mm-hmm. uh, because it is so very much in a, Context mm-hmm. essentially, Jesus saying, "Look at what the Holy Spirit is doing right in front of you, and if you call the good of Holy Spirit evil, there's nothing I can do for you." Right? Like it's it's not even a well, I will condemn you, and that is uh, like that's just unforgivable. And if right. you ever do that, you're condemned for all time. It's just a uh, at least in, in my understanding, that there, there's just nothing I can do for you. Right. Because you are forgiven through recognizing who is Lord right. and what the good uh, that the Holy Spirit is doing. You're recognizing that in front of you. And if you're going to say, nope, God's good work is actually evil, right. I, just, I just can't do anything for you. Yeah. One of the commentaries... Uh, kind of summed up as this this sin as permanently rejecting Jesus' identity as attested by the Spirit's works. It's like yes. they, they had seen the Spirit of God working through Jesus mm-hmm. and and didn't believe that Jesus was who he says he was. And if if you if you're seeing the Spirit work, like I said, calling it the work of the devil, like it's Yeah. I, I don't feel like that is God being unfair. That is you Choosing to reject what God is doing. Yeah. And if you're not repentant. Right. Hard to be forgiven. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. Yeah. It's, it's a sad state to, to find your, yourself in. Um, but, uh, brood of snakes. Uh, I don't know if you saw a lot on brood of snakes. I saw a little bit. Um, other than it just keeps coming up. It's like, it just seems like a common, because I read that and I go, man, that sounds brutally mean. Um, but it just keeps coming up like it's just a thing people would call each say. other. Say. Right? Like, I mean, not, it, he's not complimenting them. No. <laughs> it is an insult, but it, it doesn't, it doesn't feel like he's giving them the finger or something. Right. He just, like, it's a standard, <laughs> standard way to refer to their badness. I don't, I don't know. Yeah. It just keeps coming up. And then known by the fruit, we talked about this uh, mm-hmm. previously. Love a good tree and fruit metaphor from <laughs> Jesus. Um, yeah, he talks about how from your heart the mouth speaks and the overflow there. And then uh, reminds you. Of, I'm saying it reminds me, uh, 
But it reminds me because the commentary said so. No, yeah, well, fair enough. But then it reminded me that the, <laughs> the passage in John 15 about abiding in Jesus, mm. producing much fruit there. Yeah. And, and just that, yeah, we, well, I don't think it's our place to judge people's eternal destiny. Right. We can see what fruit they're producing. We mm-hmm. can listen to and look at the, the things that they're saying and and have an idea of whether or not that is coming from a life of abiding in Jesus or a life of self-promotion or needing to be important or wanting to stir up fear. Yeah, it echoes a, a little bit later in Matthew. Uh, Jesus will have a debate with the Pharisees about food uh, and mm. clean and unclean. And, and actually, it's, it's what comes... Uh, out of your heart, what comes out of your mouth, um, that uh, is is the problem, um, and so the, not not the only time Jesus will will pull on this uh, this theme of the that our our words also also matter mm-hmm. quite a bit. Continuing in chapter twelve, verse thirty eight. One day, some teachers of religious law and Pharisees came to Jesus and said, Teacher, we want you to show us a miraculous sign to prove your authority. But Jesus replied, Only an evil, adulterous generation would demand a miraculous sign. But the only sign I will give them is the sign of the prophet Jonah. For as Jonah was in the belly of the great fish for three days and three nights, so will the Son of Man be in the heart of the earth for three days and three nights. The people of Nineveh will stand up against this generation on Judgment Day and condemn it, for they repented of their sins at the preaching of Jonah. Now someone greater than Jonah is here, but you refuse to repent. The Queen of Sheba will also stand up against this generation on Judgment Day and condemn it, for she came from a distant land to hear the wisdom of Solomon. Now someone greater than Solomon is here, but you refuse to listen. When an evil spirit leaves a person, it goes into the desert seeking rest but finding none. Then it says, I will return to the person I came from. So it returns and finds its former home empty, swept, and in order. Then the spirit finds seven other spirits more evil than itself, and they all enter the person and live there. And so that person is worse off than before. That will be the experience of this evil generation. As Jesus was speaking to the crowd, his mother and brothers stood outside asking to speak to him. Someone told Jesus, your mother and brothers are standing outside and they want to speak to you. Jesus asked, Who is my mother? Who are my brothers? Then he pointed to his disciples and said, Look, these are my mother and brothers. Anyone who does the will of my Father in heaven is my brother and sister and mother. So these people who've been uh, seeing Jesus do healings and casting out demons uh, want to see a sign. Right. They haven't (laughs) seen one yet, apparently. Yeah, apparently nothing nothing he's done has has been quite enough to convince them. Also, these are the guys who were plotting to kill him just a few verses ago. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, maybe maybe I don't yeah, I don't I don't know that anything he does will be good enough for them. Jesus certainly doesn't seem to to think so. Uh uh, accusing them of being an evil, adulterous generation, which, again, mm-hmm. feels kind of harsh. Uh, it's very much in line with the prophetic language of the Old Testament, that is, right. the people of Israel uh, wandered away from God. They're, um, they're being adulterous in, in that way. So he's simply lining them up with mm-hmm. 
the people that they'd like to condemn in hindsight. Uh, and then uh, refers to one of those prophets who, um, well, Jonah was maybe the worst prophet of all time, other than uh, it only took five words right. to convince all of Nineveh to um, to, to repent. Yeah, I, I mean, because they repented at Jonah's preaching, I think Jonah's preaching wasn't great. No, it was not Jonah's preaching. Like, I mean, he... He said everything he needed to say, I guess. I suppose, but, but he was, it was sort of a like, how little can I do and still feel like I followed through? Hmm. Uh, but Jesus is not comparing himself to Jonah. He's not saying, I will become uh, the selfish prophet. Uh, he is saying that, um, uh, that he's specifically comparing, uh, previewing his uh, death and resurrection mm-hmm. through this very strange story of Jonah getting swallowed by a giant fish. It's the first time in Matthew's kind of pointed towards that death and resurrection, yeah. uh, though a little vaguely, especially from other stories you read about his disciples when he says it straight up and they don't understand. Right, right. This is very, So this yeah, probably is no... Yeah, yeah, Jonah, this, we know him. <laughs> yeah, sure, we know the Jonah no, story. Like, hey, Jesus weird... talked about Jonah. What was, what was that? That was a weird reference. Yeah, a little, little later. They, they got it later, clearly. Matthew got it later. Mm-hmm. But it does highlight just that... Um, you know, Matthew has shown us that, that this kingdom will not just be for the Jewish people. As yes. we look at Nineveh, as we look at the queen of the south who, who came to visit Solomon. Ethiopia, yeah. Um, that, that those, yeah, using those examples just in, to, again, point out the, the inclusion of, mm-hmm. like, this is uh, in and through the Jewish people for the world. Mm-hmm. Yep, yep. Uh, I... Uh, this is just sort of a, a nerdy thing I saw in a commentary that I found really intriguing. Um, th- we have talked before, I believe, uh, in this exploration of Matthew about Jesus positioning himself as the Messiah to be both king and prophet. Hmm. Um, and Matthew trying to really make sure we understand uh, that he is a king, royal line of David. Right. He is also coming in the line of uh, the prophets, uh, they they historically saw David as a king and a prophet, and Jesus mm-hmm. is coming in that same um, same line. So you have here uh, Jonah, uh, who the prophet who went to Nineveh, right. um, uh, but then also uh, the queen of Ethiopia who came to uh, to Solomon, mm. and in that comparison um, of sort of putting. Uh, Nineveh and Sheba are condemning because they saw a prophet and they saw a king and they got it. Uh, The people are seeing a king and a prophet Hmm. and they are not getting it. And they're saying, oh, come on, show us one more sign. And Jesus is going, look, you want to kill me. You're not actually looking for a sign. Mm -hmm. Uh, You are being absolutely ridiculous. And then... uh the unclean spirit goes through the desert, through the waterless places, and then comes back and invites his friends over. Such a strange story. For a party. Such a strange story. I also, probably just to clarify, uh, should not be taken as um, Jesus' uh, exploration of what demonic activity actually looks like. Right. Uh, he is making an analogy, perhaps a humorous one, uh, a little parable here of... What happens when uh, they get uh, all all cleaned up and then don't fill it with good stuff? Mm-hmm. Just leave it, uh, right. leave their lives 
empty. Empty, indeed. Uh, and then this, in even in our culture, which isn't as focused on family as theirs was, uh, seemingly a lack of concern for immediate family. This, this is not focused on the family, Jesus. No. In this little section right here. No. Uh, and I think in our focus on the family world, we find this particularly challenging mm-hmm. and hard. It is... Uh, interesting at the very least that he is talking to his disciples mm-hmm. uh, if he really is in a house that they were on the outside of he's maybe not talking to a lot of disciples but it appears to be more than the 12 right. uh, and talk about that in a second uh, and um, there very well may have been a crowd outside the house listening and they come and they're standing Outside the crowd, outside the house, something. Uh, there's a parallel story to this in, or, or exactly the same story told differently by, uh, by Mark, mm-hmm. where um, uh, the family shows up and, and he says they showed up to take him out of there. Right. That they're going, okay, dude, this is far enough. Like, you're crazy. You can't just go around claiming to be the Messiah. Like, mm-hmm. we need to get you out of here and get you some help or whatever, right. whatever they're hoping to do. Um, and they are not then within the people who are following Jesus. They're right. not his disciples at this point. Um, we understand that later, after his death and resurrection, he has a, at least one brother who mm-hmm. steps up as a key leader in the early church. His uh, mom appears to be a, a key person both at the end of his life and the beginning right. of the church movement. Mm-hmm. Uh, but at this point, they are sort of outside that. And, and he's going, no, no, I'm setting up a new thing. I'm setting up a kingdom of, of heaven. I'm setting up a new family, a new way to be community. Right. And you guys are choosing to be on the outside of that. Um, uh, verse 47, um, is not in all manuscripts, right? Someone told Jesus, your mother and brothers are standing here. Uh, so maybe just included later to help make Jesus's response and question make more sense, but it is, uh, who is it that's interrupting Jesus's teaching to say, Hey, your family's here and they want to talk to you. Right. I wonder if it's actually the Pharisees going, Hey, your family's here. Aren't hmm. you going to stop with all this? Like they're trying to cut him off from preaching. Right. Whoever it is is trying to stop him. Say, hey, your family's here. Hmm. Um, and and he goes, no, no, no. The priority here is these people because they actually understand who I really am. Right. Uh, and again, this isn't just the twelve. Uh, because he says, anyone who does the will of my Father in heaven is my brother and sister and mother. That is not a. Uh, we added it later in our English context. Mm-hmm. Like that word sister really is in there. That's yep. not very common in what Jesus talked about. So he's clearly referencing men and women who are sitting there listening to him as his followers and saying, mm. these are my people. Doesn't mean he doesn't want his mom and his brothers to be part of that. Right. Uh, but they, they're in some way trying to distract him or pull him away from who he really is. Mm-hmm. And we just see that over and over again in in this chapter, defining who Jesus really is and rebuffing the people who want him to be 
uh, somebody different, which maybe is my big takeaway from this chapter. Yeah, I think we see, like there's other times, we see Jesus' brothers encourage him to go to a feast yeah. and John uh, seemingly antagonistically. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think it's, it's, it's important to look at, like, especially... Uh, when Jesus is obedient to his parents, like early in Luke when he's 12-ish, and then on the cross when he is, like on the cross, talking to John about taking care of his mother. Like Jesus yeah. cared for his yes. earthly family. This yes. wasn't that I don't care about them. Mm-hmm. This was that this is more important. And like we see uh, when when Peter tries to keep Jesus from dying, yeah. uh, Jesus has strong words for Peter. Mm-hmm. And we never think, oh, maybe Peter didn't really love Jesus. Like Peter was just thinking as a human. So this, right. this yeah. isn't... Like, this might not be Mary not believing that Jesus is who he says he is or Jesus is going to do these things, but Mary, seeing Pharisees who want to kill her son, sure. like, hey, let's, let's not let's do this. Tone it down. Let's, yeah. let's go home. Let's, yeah. let's regroup. Let's, sure. Um, yeah. So, yeah, just see, it's it's not, Jesus isn't saying that family isn't important. No. Or to not care for family. But, like, following God is, is why he's here, and this is his mission, and, and this And he, is he just going. isn't going to put up with people who want to pull him away from who he is, the mission he's on. Right. Be it Peter or Mary or maybe or Paul. Pharisees, right. whatever. They, right. that, that was a nice 70s music reference. Yeah. I did catch it. It was good. good. I didn't good. want to say him in order. No, no <laughs> yeah, yeah. You kind of tripped me up with the order there, yeah. but you got it all. Got yeah. it all. Yeah. So you mentioned your, your big thing already. Yeah. I guess that leaves me. Oh, man. I think for me it has me uh, just wanting to be aware of, of uh the fruit that's that's coming out of me, am I, am I abiding in Jesus so that people see God in me and working through me? Uh, if people are looking at my life uh, in person or on the line, are they seeing things that they can go, huh? That seems like He is uh, abiding in Christ. Yeah. Yeah, that's a good. Good question for all of us to figure out. Indeed. You want another question to figure out? Let's do it. Let's do a question. You like that segue? That was nice. Man. It's like I train for this. I don't. Uh, you don't. You don't uh, like practice just, some of these just, things. In just the sit air. at home and practice. And hey, every time I do this, like it's a trivial pursuit. Like I snap the car. Like don't look at the question. <laughs> don't look at the question. Uh, oh, I do like this one. Good. If you could be. Wait, do you have a serious one? Should we do serious one first? Because this one's just fun. Oh, mine's not that serious at all. Okay, good. If you could be any athlete for a single game, who would you choose? I'm thinking like I have to think about it, but I, I think it would be Calvary Queen Jr. breaking the Ironman record. Ooh, like that feels like that was a very specific. Game. I'd like that. Yeah, sounds like it's a game, and it's not like it's amazing that he did that. But it's not such a feat of athleticism like most games you probably think of, like sure. the quarterback that did this, like, right. like he played good baseball driven. for a long time. Yeah. Like, and, and, right. and he had to play good baseball to keep playing for that long. Right. Right. And I, and I sometimes feel bad for his brother, Bill, who uh, played Billy. a lot of good baseball, but yeah. nobody knows who Bill Beckham is. Yeah. Uh, some of us do. Some of us do. Uh, but yeah. Yeah. I think Calvary Queen Jr. breaking that. Like I remember it. playing all those games in a row. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's a good one. I like that. Uh, and for you, sir, mm-hmm. would you rather be a great musician, artist, or athlete? Okay, first of all, musician is an artist. It's just... <laughs> Don't disagree. Okay. I just read the card. <laughs> just write what I said. Uh, send your comments and angry letters to 
I've made a mess. The, the, the cards on the floor. Uh, would I rather be a great or a famous? Great? I know I lost it. Uh, I don't know where it went. Oh, here it is. Would okay. you rather be a great musician, great. artist, or athlete? Um, I have wanted to be a great athlete my entire life. So uh, I think uh, I think at nearly 40, I'm changing my answer, though, because you can be a great musician for a lot longer than you can be a great athlete. So I'll take I'll take great musician. I would yeah, I'm but does having anybody, some jealous of Taylor Swift vibes, did, I think, is really what's happening. But does anybody really want to go to uh, another... Kiss, this is our last tour tour, or Brooks and Dunn, we're playing the local casinos tour. The local casino thing is a tough gig. I do feel bad for the people who are used to the stadiums. Terry Clark, who is a Canadian and a country music artist from early, mid-90s-ish, is is playing in the center at the casino in a couple weeks. And I'm like, huh. Yeah. I feel like she should have invested better and she wouldn't have to do this. (laughs) Very judgmental of me, but... (laughs) But, like... I also would imagine there's quite the high of doing a concert for other people that yeah. you still want. And that's that's fine. Yeah. I just at least you can yeah. do that. Like uh there's going to be a, I mean my, Michael Jordan's not not playing in the NBA anymore. No. Not not even I mean if he wanted to, I suppose he probably could play in some sort of knockoff league. They right. would pay him to do that to buy some sell some tickets, but you can uh, coach. Like I Right, you could do those kinds of I think things. If, if I had to pick between athlete with a great athletic clear and then uh, coaching, okay, uh, do that. I would do that over right. musician with a good career and then uh, the playing at fairgrounds and casinos right. when I'm that's sixty. Fair. That's fair. That's fair. Okay, uh, but I, or I could just do neither, which well, seems I mean, at this point in my life seems most likely. Uh, that seems that seems to be the path that I'm I on. I can be an yeah. average athlete and an average musician, which makes me an average artist. There you go. I like that. I below average at all of them. So I just talking to my stuff. I don't think you're. I think you're probably at least an average athlete. I appreciate. I mean, that. I haven't played basketball with you in like six years. Yeah, no, it's. Uh, but when you did, I'd say you were. I just at least yeah. average because at my at my peak, I was nearly average. But like, it's think true. of all the people. They never touch a basketball or a soccer ball. Yeah. Like, so average is sure. big. You've got, you've got, okay. sure, you've got, like, the people that make the NBA. Right. That's, like, this many. That's, yeah, there's like you. This, I think, yeah. you're, I think you'd, you'd end up in the middle. I'll accept, I'll accept average. Of the, I, I do feel like we didn't, like, you, so you went, you went athlete, I went musician. Uh, we're going to need you to settle the debate. Comments, those kind of things. All the comments. All the comments. Make it happen. Would you uh, get in read, a good argument about it? Kindly, Jesus-like. Yeah. In the comment section, good, good argument. Kind argument. Yes, it'd be lovely. About whether you think Josh would be a better athlete or artist. Yes. No, just argue musician. about me. That's fine. Good. And uh, would you read from the end of the book of Matthew? I would love to. Jesus came and told his disciples, "I have been given all authority in heaven and on earth." Therefore, go and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Teach these new disciples to obey all the commands I have given you and be sure of this. I am with you always, even to the end of the age. Thank you so much for taking some time to hang out with us today. And uh, we'll see you later, alligator. <laughs>